This is Business But Make It Feminist, a podcast about feminist entrepreneurship brought to you by the sister team. Hello, welcome to Business But Make It Feminist, a podcast brought to you by the sister team to explore feminist entrepreneurship in all its forms. I'm your host, Amelia Fruby. And I'm your co-host, Jen Ombrest. And this is our very first episode. This is a long time coming, don't you think, Jen? A long time coming. Oh my gosh. But here we are. Here we are. And we're so excited that you, dear listener, are tuning in. Thanks for being here with us. So Jen, since this is the very beginning of our podcast, why don't we kick things off with you telling listeners a bit about yourself and sister? I'd love to. I'm Jen Armbrust. I'm the founder and director of Sister, which is the home of Feminist Business School. And I've been an entrepreneur for 18 years. I've been a feminist for probably 24 even. So business, but make it feminist is like right there in my wheelhouse. So I've owned and operated four small companies. I started with an art gallery back in 2003, and then I've launched a variety of creative enterprises, mostly solopreneurships, but not all over the past 18 years. And now I'm here running Sister, which has been around for five years. And so here at Sister, as I said, Our main gig is Feminist Business School. So I write curriculum, write books, and teach all about feminist entrepreneurship. And I have a degree in critical theory. So I'm really interested in this intersection of business, feminism, gender, economics, art, embodiment, all these things that we do at Sister. And I live in Carpinteria, California. For those of you who like to imagine where somebody's sitting, I'm here in beautiful, sunny, central California, just six blocks from the beach. It's great. That's wonderful. That's me. What about you, Amelia? (laughs) Well, I was just thinking that you live in Carpentria, California, and I live in Lincoln, Nebraska, where there are currently, if you're listening in real time, about five inches of snow on the ground in December. Wow. (laughs) Um, It's the opposite of beachfront property. But about me. So I'm Amelia Fruby. I am the program coordinator of Feminist Business School at Sister. I also work with all of our students and clients and community members and helping everyone that we work with birth the most beautiful, thriving, brilliant feminist businesses that they can, whatever that takes. We're here to support you. Oh my gosh. And tell us a little bit about your feminist credentials, Amelia. (laughs) A few of those. I also have a PhD in philosophy from DePaul University. I wrote a very badass dissertation on feminist aesthetics. So I also have a rich background in art and feminism and gender and embodiment. I have worked with entrepreneurs for almost five years years now, first in Chicago and now with all over the world with Sister. And then outside Sister, I just in 2020 put out my first book, Fifty Feminist Mantras. Yeah, it came out with Andrews McMeal in October. And I run a podcast called 50 Feminist States, where I interview feminist activists and artists all over the US. So when we say this podcast was a long time coming. It's partially because, of course, if I was going to be at Sister, we were going to make a podcast one day. Podcasting is what I love. And I'm so glad we finally have a podcast. (laughs) Yay. This has been Amelia's goal and her dream here at Sister. (laughs) And finally, it's happening. We're excited. We're excited to talk to you. We've got plenty to talk about. What a better way to do it than in a podcast. And we're excited to talk about feminist entrepreneurship, this totally niche, weird thing that we're both interested in and that we assume that you're interested interested in too. And that there's just not a lot out there to hear about it. There's just not a lot of conversation. And when you want really do a deep dive. So we're here to get into all the nooks and crannies 
the ins and outs. What is feminist entrepreneurship? I mean, we're going to find out as we explore through this podcast. And that's also what we do at Sister Every Day, too. I mean, business, but make it feminist. That's what we do. And this podcast isn't just us like telling you about feminist business. It's us sharing the work of making business more feminist, which is an ongoing project that we're both deeply committed to that all of our students are committed to. And then if you're tuned in, I bet it's one that you're committed to as well. Yeah, this is a totally a brand new field. So we're here trailblazers, like really setting the conversation for this field and learning what we even do need to talk about as we figure out what is feminist entrepreneurship and what does it look like? What do we want it to be? So much. We want it to be so much. Everything. Before we get into literally everything, <laughs> let's start with our first episode. And today's episode is going to be all about beginnings, the beginning of this podcast and many other beginnings. And Jen, this was really your idea to start with beginnings. So why did you want to begin our podcast this way? Well, it's obvious, right? It's like the our first episode. So it's it lends itself to us exploring conceptually what is the beginning. Here we are. We're in the beginning of this moment with our podcast, but also beginnings are something we're really well acquainted with here at Sister. And beginnings, I think it's always useful. It's always a useful topic of conversation. So here in this historical moment, I don't know when you're listening, but right now we're just cruising towards the end of 2020, the biggest year of probably all of our lives. We're at the beginning of a new year, but I really think we're at the beginning of this new era in business. Yes. And we're part of that conversation right here at Sister. We want to be part of this conversation, which is a collective resurgence of commitments, our political commitments in business and really leading with that, not just making that caboose. So I think coming out of the 90s and the early aughts, and even like the past 10 years, people who wanted to think differently about business really hung their hat on the hook of conscious capitalism. Mm -hmm. That was sort of like business, but make it better. Yeah, we're not business, but make it better. We're business, but make it feminist. But I think that's new. I think it's new to be not just making capitalists better, but critiquing capitalism from within business. So I think we're about to enter this era of capitalist critical entrepreneurship, which is conceptually really interesting mm -hmm. um, because it's a contradiction, right? Yeah. It's a contradiction to say I'm critical of capitalism and I'm also wink, wink, maybe a capitalist. But I think we're finally at a place where people are really ready to occupy that space, that contradiction of I'm in business and I'm critical of capitalism or even anti-capitalist. And so I see that being like the nascent era we're about to enter in. And I think we're going to see a lot of entrepreneurs and visionaries and leaders in the field start to get a little more radical with their critiques of capitalism and start to really ask some juicy questions about what a business is, what a business is within capitalism, and also kind of how that fits in um, these bigger questions of the economy of where, what's the role of business? What's the role of government? What's the role of the social state? Anyway, I won't go there. I see Amelia. She's like, save it for another episode. But point being, we're kind of at the beginning of this new era that's not just conscious capitalism. It's capitalist critical entrepreneurship. And here we are. Let's get into it. Yeah. I mean, as you were talking, I just kept thinking about the articles that have been coming out this year about like the end of the girl boss, the end of the quote unquote CEO, and the ways that we really saw through conscious capitalism, the rise of gendered politics as a marketing ploy, I want to say, yeah. like feminism as a brand. And I'm with you on it's a whole new era of that's being uncovered. People are saying that marketing ploy isn't enough. It's fake. Feminism is more. It's something else. And what I love about the work we're doing at Sister is it's not just 
critical work. It is critical. We're critiquing things. But also that work is about coming up with different and new and experimental ways to do business. We're not here just to say it's the end of the girl boss. What's next? Question mark, question mark. We're here to figure out the answers to that question. Yeah, it's highly creative, right? Like radical work is like the imagination work. We're in it. Mm -hmm. And what's great about Sister is we're not just beginning that work. You, Jen, have been doing that work for five years now, and we are always starting over and always beginning. And that's another beginning that we're talking about. But we're kind of stepping into this point where the world is on the same page that we're at at Sister. I mean, people are catching up. I was one of the first people to say feminist business, and it was blasphemous. To say feminist business was such a contradiction for anyone who's studied feminism because feminism critiques capitalism. And so I was scared when I started saying that. And now I see people starting businesses and saying they're a feminist business. And that's amazing. That's because there were some other people who were also saying at the time, but I was really one of the main trailblazers. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're now seeing in just five short years that this is becoming a whole field, a whole way of doing business. So it's exciting. And I think some ways as an entrepreneur, you're always beginning. You know, we there are corporations, there are these entrenched companies that maybe are not, don't have their finger on the beginning pulse. They're really knee deep in stuff. They're not interested in launching or conceiving or whatever. But I think most business owners, you're always at the beginning of something. You're Mm -hmm. either beginning like a new stage in business. Every time your business grows, you have to learn something new. You're in a way starting over. You're not starting over from scratch, but you are starting at a new beginning. When you like hire people for the first time, you're at a new beginning. When you launch a new product, you're at a beginning. You know, when you got to make a new website to reach a new market, you're at a new beginning. So beginnings are really endemic to entrepreneurships. And I would even go so far as to say entrepreneurs love beginnings. They love it. They love the start. They love new things. Yeah. I mean, as an Aries, I'm all about a beginning always. (laughs) There you have it. That like early fire sign energy uh, is very entrepreneurial, I think. But that's an aside. I love what you're saying about entrepreneurship being about beginnings, beginnings being endemic to entrepreneurship. And I think that it's part of what makes entrepreneurs so resilient and so tenacious, this ability to just always be beginning, which for some people is incredibly scary and exhausting and for entrepreneurs is enlivening and really fuels their work, our work with them. That's such a good frame. I love that. Yeah. And so at Sister, we work, obviously, as we've said, with entrepreneurs, and we work with entrepreneurs in many different stages of business, and a lot of them are business beginners. And one of the primary things that we teach is how to begin, or as we put it, birth a business, how to birth a business. And so our Feminist Business School curriculum is built around this birthing framework, We call it, as you called it, Jen, trimester theory. So I'm wondering if you could tell us for any everyone tuned in who doesn't know or for people who want a refresher, what is trimester theory? Yeah, so this really came out of there were kind of two things that happened to bring me to trimester theory. And one was I was I had my consultancy on Breast and Co. at that time, and I was marketing myself as a strategist. So I was coming on these beginning businesses, mostly with women and helping them find their way, helping them um, conceive of their businesses. And I realized I need a frame, I needed a framework. And I realized that it was really an archetypal process. Also, this process of birthing a business, it's not just willy nilly, there actually is kind of a way um, a path that you go through. And um, my spiritual advisor, everything advisor that I work with, who's so amazing, she's just said, like a business is like a child, it's different from you, but it's of you. 
And that kind of sparked me. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go Google fetal development. As one does. It's just like, if it's like a child, you know, there's got to be a way that you get that into the world. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not a mom, by the way, so I don't have children, but I did create the trimester theory. And I was, it was really beautiful to see these different trimester stages of pregnancy and see that those had a metaphorical correlate with bringing a business to life. And so I wrote what is now the business birthing handbook, which is also the trimester theory about those three distinct stages. And it's meant to be a roadmap so that you can figure out where you are in this process instead of sort of willy-nilly trying to work on all these different parts of a business and hope it all comes together at the end. So the trimester theory is our business development framework here that we use at Sister. And it's really a word I like to use, femininist. Ooh, what's that mean? Oh my gosh, right? Yeah. Like it's really rooted in the feminine. So we've got all these business metaphors that are very, what I would say, the opposite of femininist is masculinist. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got a lot of business metaphors that look very much like uh, a hard on, you know, this linear growth <laughs> models, these uh-huh. like linear upward trajectory things. Yeah. But I really want, I really want to play with a different metaphor, really a feminine metaphor. And that you don't have to be female or have female genitalia to use these. It's a, it's archetypal. We're talking about feminine energies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not about women, but it's about feminine. And I think something like honoring even pregnancy that that might have some wisdom in business mm-hmm. birthing is really recentering kind of a feminine value system and creating a different conversation. And so that's what feminineist is. It's connecting with feminine energies, feminine archetypes and leading with those. So I think using pregnancy as a business development framework is pretty radical. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I think it's super cool. And something you just said that I've seen be so true for so many of our students is I think a lot of women and particularly moms want to start their own businesses and think that they don't know anything about business. And the business birthing handbook says, well, you know about birthing, so you know about business. And you don't have to have given birth to know about birthing. Everyone, as you always say, everyone's been born. Everyone knows about <laughs> birth to some degree, and we can all learn more. But just to even posit that wisdom as business knowledge invites so many people into business that are historically and systematically excluded from entrepreneurship. For sure. We need new metaphors. We need new ways of thinking about business that doesn't say it's about metrics. It's about achievement. It's about overwork. All these things that have really lended themselves to a masculine and even a male Mm -hmm. experience. So we're repping hard for that here at Sister, like a different way of knowing and a different way of thinking about business even, and a different way of thinking about business development. I think the trimester theory gives us a totally new paradigm to work with. And that's what we're really about here at Sister. You know, we think like feminist entrepreneurship isn't just about changing a few different levers in the business model. It's about really reconceiving. We love, you're going to hear us say conceiving, reconceiving all the time. We just can't even stop conceiving. We love conception. But, you know, I think the work we're doing here is fundamental. We're really asking like, what's a whole new vision of business? And so mm-hmm. I think we've got to even start over with a whole new approach to how we bring businesses into the world. So that's, this is the way we do that. Yep. Another beginning yet again, <laughs> one more, we're just layering <laughs> beginnings on beginnings here, which I love and feel so fitted to our work. We talked about like the ideas behind trimester theory, why it's so important to us, why it needed to be birthed. You already mentioned conception, but What are the trimesters and how does conception play into all of that? Yeah. So the trimesters that are in the trimester theory are visioning, 
engineering, and actualization. So these are the three primary stages of business development, although I'll shift that in a second for you, but those are the three trimesters. So envisioning, we've got this beautiful metaphor when you think of the first trimester of feudal development, what you've got is you've got all the chromosomes there and cells are just multiplying. They're just like, there's so much creativity. It's just prolific as this thing takes shape. And that's what's happening when you are visioning your business. It's taking shape. You're fleshing it out. You're asking, what could it look like? What is it? What, what could it be? So that's this really creative phase that's just mostly about imagination. And like I said, it's the visioning. So you're creating a vision for your business. Oh my gosh, artists love that stage. It's yeah, like, it sounds wonderful. Get out your pens. I mean, we're going to have a good time there. So then we move to engineering, second trimester. This is what most people think of when they think of business development. This is the problem solving, the solutions, the answers. So if we're saying, what is it envisioning in engineering? We're saying, how does it work? So in fetal development, this is when organs start developing. And think of that, like the organs are the systems of your body, the machinery that allow it to function. So once we get to the engineering stage in business, we've, we have to start to build the machinery. We start to have to build the systems that are going to sustain your business. Um, here, you're going to think about financials, like org charts, um, depending on what scale business you're growing, you're going to think about these different departments, right? Marketing, you're going to make sure you've got a budget. So problem solving, writing a business plan is an engineering stage. So I want to flag that because here we are over in second trimester, but a lot of people put that activity very first. So today we're going to even take you even before the visioning stage, but I'm going to say that is an activity that needs to come later because mm -hmm. we got to have the vision. We got to do that imagination first. So the engineering is the doing this problem solving, and then we get to actualization and actualization in fetal development is when we actually have a fairly functioning organism. We've got the organs, it's growing, it's fleshed out. And at that point, it's just gaining viability. It's getting bigger. It's developing lungs and lungs are really, really crucial in fetal development. And so it's, it's becoming more viable so that when that baby is birthed into the world, it's going to survive. So actualization in business birthing is when you kind of do the do. You've got your vision, you've got your plan, and how you're doing the work. You're just making sure that your business is ready to launch. So that phase is not terribly creative, although you do have to do a lot of creative problem solving because at that point, all your well-laid plans <laughs> really meet the real world. And sometimes you got to reconceive. But um, in the actualization stage, it's just a lot of work. You're going to be pretty tired. That's the phase at which you make the vision and the plan come to life. You're like signing leases, getting bank loans, going shopping, getting those business cards, calling people, everything, the work, the work, the work. Mm -hmm. So that's the trimester, but we're missing something, right? Yeah, I was going to say, so for people following along at home, we've got visioning, we've got engineering, and we've got actualization. These are our three trimesters. So where's conception? Yeah, I mean, what happens if you don't have a concept, right? So I had written that really tidy little trimester theory and was starting to introduce it to some of my clients. And I realized the way karma has it, I was working with a handful of women who really wanted to go into business, but they did not know what their business was. And I was trying to vision with them mm -hmm. and we were not getting anywhere and everybody was frustrated and nobody was happy. And I realized we were missing conception. This very important thing that comes right before the trimesters, mm -hmm. which anyone who's tried to get pregnant, who has really wanted to get pregnant and couldn't is really knows a lot about conception. That becomes very important. The point in which you want become 
and it's not happening. So it's easy to, it's easy to take it for granted until you need it. Mm -hmm. So then I went back and I wrote the conception stage and that was sort of amazing because now conception is a really important thing for us here at sister, but the conception stage, as you know, is when you conceive of your business, or if you are in the baby making world, you're going to conceive of a child. And that is that sex moment, that sperm meeting egg, like, Mm -hmm. That conception stage, it is all about pleasure. Yes, pleasure. The key that unlocks your fertility is pleasure. It's also the place of all possibilities, right? Because here when you are in conception, nothing is formed. It's all available. You're just sort of looking at the galaxy. Anything can happen. Your destiny is not written at that moment. And I think that that's really important to to take heed of that moment. There are not a lot of moments in life where you're saying, everything is possible. The world is my oyster. Like what, where am I? What do I want this to be? What's possible? So it's a really special phase, but it can be really easily skipped. And then you miss all of that magic, all of the magic of conception, all of the possibility, all of the opportunity to take a pause and to like kind of gaze into the universe and say like, what am I doing? What do I want? What do I want to create? What What's important to me again, like what, what are my pleasures? Like, where's that guiding me? It says in the business birthing handbook, which I wrote that your pleasures will point you to your purpose. And I really believe that we got to connect with our pleasures and that's going to guide us on our own destiny on where we're meant to be, what we, what we're supposed to create, what we're called to create. But if we don't take the time to do that, especially in business development, you might end up someplace very different. Mm-hmm. Somebody that is really not actually rooted in your pleasures at all. And then you got to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that just speaks to how this is a feminist framework and not a masculinist framework, because I feel like so often if you're someone who wants to start a business and you're not sure where to begin, what you get told to do is like find a viable product or find a market opportunity or find like where is there a hole in the market that you can fill and how can you make the most money off of that space? So something, you know, I have encountered in my own life and we encounter with our students is people who have started businesses because they had a marketable skill. Even if they didn't like that skill, people who've built a whole business around something they don't like doing because they could (laughs) sell it. And I mean, like, hand raised. I have 100% done this, maybe not a whole business, but I built about a half a business of something I didn't love doing. Then I just self-sabotaged my way out of it and totally quit because I was miserable. You are not alone. You are not alone, (laughs) Amelia. Yeah. I feel like people listening probably can, uh, some of you will relate to this moment and I am here with you. And what was missing was pleasure. What was missing was conception. I never took the time to think about what I enjoyed doing, where my pleasure was, and therefore I never got to my purpose. And the business, the fledgling business I built was really built on this kind of false foundation. That's how I think of it now when I look back, which is uh, a little bittersweet, a little sad, but I've learned partially through the help of this, this framework. So what else is happening in conception? You've already said like it's about all possibilities. It's about pleasure. I feel like there's got to be a little more there. What else is going on? Yeah. So, you know, fertility and pleasure, that's what it's all about. And part of that, especially we're bringing this femininist approach. You got to think of what's happening in conception, sperm fertilizing egg. Well, let's not forget the egg in this equation, right? So I like this phrase, let your business choose you. Be the ovum, not the sperm. Just cultivating that ovum consciousness of 
letting it come to you, creating space for ideas to come to you, creating space for your business to come to you. So starting to shift out of that uh, chasing, the achieving hustle pursuit model of always more, always forward, always ahead Mm -hmm. and getting a little quieter and actually kind of sitting in your seat and inviting things to come towards you. And so I like to use the phrase cultivating the health of your receptivity. And sometimes Mm. that's the thing that we really have to work on. We really actually have to cultivate our receptivity. It's not there. We've kind of shut it off or turned it off or um, denied it so long that we're out of touch with it. But I think that's a different way of thinking of things in business is letting it come to you. The idea that things can and should come to you, that you don't always have to go after them. And so that requires again, kind of pleasure and desire, then we have to ask the question, what do I want? Like, you know, when we want things to come to us, we have to think, what are we inviting in? So it's just a really different tone to be here in conception. You got to slow down. You got to look within, you got to sit with yourself. You got to look at the place that you're blocking yourself from letting things come to you, from letting yourself enjoy, from uh, having all of that kind of empress energy of like eating the pomegranate and letting it drip down your fingers. You know, you're not doing that when you're writing a business plan. You got to do that (laughs) here in conception. Sometimes those are the things we got to do to like create that vibe, that vibe of conceiving. You know, I've been working at Sister for years now, and it is still a relief to hear that, that if you're struggling in business or probably in life too, in many instances, like we're so trained by our culture to think that, well, if you just worked harder, it would happen for you. And what I love about conception and this phrase you're talking about cultivating the health of your receptivity, it's not about working harder. And it's not about working smarter either, because it's not about working. (laughs) (laughs) Ding dong. I love that. (laughs) It's really, it's about pleasure. And something that really was eye-opening for me, I will never forget from one of the first concepts and conception courses that I TA'd, and we'll talk about that course in a minute, I know, But we had a student who was really stuck and like the business idea just wouldn't come. And I just remember the advice that you gave her, which was go into your pleasure, go into your body. Like, you know, that course is full of visualizations and meditations and different embodiment practices. But like by doing those things, that's how you're going to get the answer, not by working harder or doing like 18 more journaling activities slash business plan primers slash courses. It's just about going into yourself to cultivate your receptivity and find those answers. That's how you get unstuck. Right. And that advice sticks with me all the time. I think I even told her to just go do something pleasurable even. Yeah, yeah. I think you did. <laughs> it was so easy. You were just like, just go go do something that feels good. Who doesn't want to hear that business advice? Yeah, business advice 101. Do something that feels good. I love it. So with all of this, you know, we're talking about pleasure. We're talking about all possibilities. We're talking about letting your business choose you. How do you know when your business has chosen you? How do you know when like the conception stage is coming to an end? Because I can imagine myself just forever staying in this place of like, yes, bring me the pleasure, bring me the possibilities. That's that's all I need. So when does that phase end? Well, I mean, some people do choose to stay in that stage forever and they kind of torture themselves because they want to be in that stage and they just don't admit like, I just want to be in this stage. So Mm -hmm. I want to acknowledge that it's okay if you just want to be in conception, but you're not actually going to end up with a business, but you're going to end up with a lot of business ideas, which might feel really enjoyable to you. Yes. But for those of you who want to move out of the stage, 
how do you know that you're at the end? Well, you're going to have a concept that you love. So if you've been focusing on your pleasure, you're going to have an idea. You will have conceived. You're going to have a concept and it's going to be conceptual. So you're not going to have a full plan or a full vision or this like master palace idea, right? But you're going to have these seeds that you know are the core elements of your business that you can then carry into the visioning. So then we just need this little sperm meets egg. We need this little conceived moment that is the yes. This is like, okay, this, this has happened. We're moving into the next phase. And you do have to choose that. You have to say, I'm going to cross the threshold from loving being in my cosmos consciousness, pleasure self to like, okay, now I need to shift to doing some different work, which is to asking, what does it look like to actually fill fleshing out this idea? But I think the main thing that's going to define it, how do you know you've got the right concept? You're going to fucking love it. You're mm-hmm. going to love it. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that that's the business that I'm going to get to figure out, that I'm going to get to go into the next stage and envision. So if you read it to the end of a conception and you have a concept, but you don't love it, I'm still not sure you've got a viable little uh, organism there. I'm not sure it's going to make it because you're not going to let, if you don't love it now, you're probably not going to love it that much in five to 10 years. Yeah. So go back, go back to all possibilities, reconceive, go back into your pleasure and wait until you get to the point where you are like, I love it. And I can say without any reservation, I love sister. I love it. I love it. I'm so delighted. I'm so honored and delighted and touched that this is my business and I get to do it every day. It feels like a secret and like a special gift. And like, I won my own lottery because this is the perfect business for me. So Mm -hmm. you're going to get to that. You're going to be like, I love it. I love it. I love it. I can't wait. I'm going to run this for the rest of my life. I mean, maybe you don't, I'm not going to say you have to do that, but you're going (laughs) to at least be like, I want to run it for five to 10 years, you know? So you're going to be in love with it. That's how you're going to know you're at the end. I love watching our students find those moments. I love being a part of a business that you and I are in love with. And it really does make it possible to do the really hard work of being in business. And, you know, we've talked so much about pleasure and enjoyment and conception, but part of the business birthing framework is also labor work for sure. Yeah, there's so much work. And so if you're tuned in and you're like, well, I'm in business and it's not about pleasure. (laughs) We have a lot of ways to rethink that with you. But I'll just say too, we're not here to say that business is always easy or doesn't require work because it does. Absolutely. But when you have a business that you're in love with, it, it makes doing that easier. Yeah, we're not spiritual bypassing you here. And we're not saying you did it wrong. But we are working today talking about beginnings and we work with conceiving like that's what so much of what we do is help people conceive businesses. And we want to help you conceive businesses in the spirit of pleasure. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not in it right now, maybe you just did not conceive your business with the spirit of pleasure. And maybe your business now can be retooled to bring that pleasure in. Or maybe it really is a good time to ask, like, is there pleasure from this in me for this here in me, for this in me here. <laughs> Is there pleasure for me in this? <laughs> Thank you, Amelia. Yes. Oh, man, that was a scramble. Word scramble. Um, <laughs> it's inevitable. Yeah. Uh, but you don't have to judge yourself today. We're not here for that. We're not here to judge you. We're not here to make you feel bad about anything. We're here to remind you that your business can be pleasurable. And we're here to help guide you through that in feminist business school. 
yes, your business can be pleasurable. Come with us. We will show you how. Oh my gosh. Take our hand into that Mass and Gill field. It's just flowers and sunshine and fertility forever. Yes. So I feel like this is the time to say that we have a whole course built around conception. Oh my gosh. We loved it so much. We built a whole course around it. So Jen, tell us about that course and what happens in it. So our flagship course and sort of the product that has really buoyed sister that kind of shapes who we are defines sister is concepts and conception. This is all about that conception stage. And what we're doing here is we're not just helping business beginners launch new businesses or relaunch their business, but again, feminist entrepreneurship, we need these concepts. So we're also kind of creating a whole new business paradigm. And there's some building blocks to that, that we really need to be providing to people who are studying with us. We really want that to be kind of the foundation that you're taking in business. So it's not just about your own business and conceiving your own special enterprise, but just kind of also this bigger conceptual framework of of the sister way or like our conceptual framework, which is Mm -hmm. um, bringing feminist principles, feminist practices into the business paradigm. Yes. Bringing feminist principles into business practices is one of our many favorite taglines. For sure. For sure. And so the concepts and conception is a two-part course because that conceptual piece is so important. And as much as we say that we are a company that's about feminist entrepreneurship and we want to work with feminist entrepreneurs, what I realized when I started teaching was this word feminism, it's so nebulous. Mm-hmm. And it shapeshifts a lot. And I thought that when I created Feminist Business School, I thought feminists were going to flock to me and want to learn about business. What I learned instead was that people flocked to me wanting to learn about feminism, which is totally cool, but is a different project. And you and I are both people who have been taught feminism Mm -hmm. in an academic way. Like we know feminism. So good news is I was pretty well equipped to be teaching that and to kind of pivot in that way. But that was actually not what I thought was going to happen. So concepts, the concepts and concepts and conception and something that's so important to us here at Sister is that feminist literacy is um, we assume that if you're coming to us at Sister, we don't assume that you know feminist theory or that you have a favorite feminism feminist, mm. or that you even can say what feminism is in a couple sentences. We also assume that some of you can. Yeah. Some of you have probably written pages and pages and pages on the subject. But we think that feminist literacy is a big part of our project. And a part of a big project of the feminist movement is teaching about feminism and teaching what feminism is, what our feminist grandmothers are, what some of the core tenets mm-hmm. of feminism are. And it's not just political. It is all the stuff we've been talking about, right? It's not just about reproductive rights or equitable pay. Feminism, once you start to get in it, it is all this pleasure. It is all this spirituality. Mm-hmm. It is all of this like cosmic thinking. It is all of this like postmodern thinking, if you want to say, but it's really radical and it's Mm -hmm. really embodied. It's really not just a didactic political stance. And so in so many ways, feminist business school sister and the way I want to do business Mm -hmm. is infused with what feminism is, not just what it believes. And so we practice that. So that concepts and conceptions course, some of it is learning the vocabulary of feminism so that we can all start to have a conversation about feminist entrepreneurship. But some of it is doing feminism too, of like honoring our bodies, of learning to reconnect with our intuition, of rooting out misogyny in our own beliefs and behaviors. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, so concepts is kind of getting that vocabulary, getting those building blocks of how we can start to have yes. this conversation about feminist business. Uh, so we got to equip you with some business basics, some business fundamentals, some feminist basics, fundamentals. That's the concept part of the course. And the conception is then when we get to go into that super creative phase, that part of all possibilities, this part where we're really playing with some visualizations, um, getting connected with yourself, getting back into your body, really rethinking your relationship with power. I mean, it's all in there, the letting it be easy, switching out of this chasing and into this receptivity. So that's why we built a whole course around it is it needs its own course. It needs that much space. It needs eight weeks of your life. Yeah. I mean, the way that I think about concepts and conception often is like the first half will blow your mind and the second half will get you back in your body. (laughs) Yes. And every time I teach it and everyone who takes it, those first four weeks that are about feminist fundamentals and business fundamentals, it's a lot of learning and it's a lot of relearning for many of us. As you put it, Jen, we don't take for granted that people come in with any specific definition of feminism. And instead, we go back and read bell hooks together. We go back and talk about feminism. We share our adamantly anti-racist, capitalist, critical, trans-inclusive stance on feminism. And then we invite people to figure out their own feminism. Like you said, it's not didactic, but it is. It's informed. Like I think what you and I bring is a really informed approach to feminism, which is we're not just grabbing the latest article or trend out of yes. Twitter, right? Like, I mean, we're you and I have read a lot of feminist texts that have happened over a lot of years or generations or decades. Yeah. And I think that's something that we're like, is really special about what we bring to sister is not just an affinity for feminism, but an understanding mm-hmm. of feminism. And we share that with our students because once you really crack that egg of feminism, I mean, there's, it's so rich. It's so big. There's so much wisdom. There's so much to love. Yeah. There's so much to draw on. There's so much strength. I mean, the idea, the whole concept of feminist entrepreneurship is so deep and so wide. I mean, we're just scratching the surface because Mm -hmm. there's so much scholarship. There's so much like even quantitative analysis that feminists have done that can inform business in a new way. You know, we're helping you find your voice again so that you can determine the kind of feminist that you want to be. I think our goal at Sister is to help you fall in love with feminism and to help you start to tap into all of that strength mm-hmm. and wisdom that's there and really own it as your own, that you, you, that can be a thing. You can be a feminist. You can draw on that. You can identify with that. You can be a part of it. Yes. You can be a feminist. You tuned in if you're not already. And if you are already, hell yes, you can spend time figuring out what that really means for you. I mean, especially at the rate that our society and world is changing, That means all of our feminisms are adapting all the time to new ideas about gender, about culture, about power. And in Concepts and Conception, all of that learning and, as I put it, blowing your mind gets wrapped up in this really beautiful core values statement that you write. When you've learned about feminism and anti-racism and business, we have lessons on all of those things, and then you're invited to do this work of writing your core values so that the business that you conceive is founded in those feminist values. You even get to kind of say like, these are the main tenets that are important to me, mm-hmm. like of an anti-racist business, of a feminist business. Um, just again, it's a it's a course that's about seeds. So at that point, you're just capturing kind of the big concepts, the big strokes 
about like, these are the foundations that I want Mm -hmm. to bring forth in my business. These are sort of the seeds I want to plant in my business about the type of business you want to create. Exactly. And then, like I said before, there are so many visualizations and meditations and videos and things that just invite you into your body. Because as we've said many times, it'll just make clear again, we don't hold the answers to what anyone's business will be. We have tools for unlocking your own wisdom and self-trust that will tell you what your business will be, which is another thing I love about feminist business school. Well, I mean, misogyny, one of its corrosive effects is it teaches us not to trust ourselves and not to even know what our intuition feels like or sounds like as women or people of color. Like we get really dissociated from that, from our own knowing we start, we second guess ourselves. We look to other people and also and then compound that with the fact that we're often denied critical information that we need to do things like grow a business. So part of the project, you know, even of feminist entrepreneurship, not even feminist business school, I think it's really reclaiming your authority, relearning what your intuition sounds like. And you kind of have to go into your body to do that. You kind of have to shut out the noise. Like we're not going to give you the answer. And it doesn't mean that you're just going to ohm in your room and have like a genius business solution. It's not that it's not denying the wisdom that's out there in the world, but it's learning the skill of discernment and self-trust so that you can choose what's right for you. You can choose the kind of business you want to create. You can choose who you're going to listen to, or you can then hear something even about a business solution and you can decide like Mm -hmm. that's right for me or that's not right for me or the more creative option, which is part of that's right for me. And I'm going to take that and make something Mm -hmm. totally new that is completely right for me. So, you know, we got to get out of that thing that says we don't know, we're not entitled to know, Mm -hmm. we can't know, or somebody else does know. We have to start Learning, learning to listen to ourselves and trust what's right for us as we birth businesses, which is really scary though, because we're talking about survival. We're talking about money. We're talking about creating something that's supposedly going to, you know, support you and other people in the world. So I get it. I get why people want answers, Mm -hmm. but you've got the answers within you. You just need information and you need intuition. And that's going to guide you to your real solution. Yes. Snaps for this so much. (laughs) Oh, man, this is the good juice. This is the good juice. I love it. Well, if you're listening in real time, happy winter solstice, the day we're releasing this. Happy holidays. Oh, my gosh. Winter solstice, shortest day of the year. And here you are listening to our podcast. Day well spent. Day well spent. Yes. I also love the synchronicity of that, though, because shortest day of the year, darkest day of the year, conception space, womb space, darkness, oh, yeah. you know, darkness is the place of all possibilities. It's just really like at this point, the the magic makes itself, I feel like. The metaphor, the metaphor is right there, right? Because the, uh, what I love when people call the solstice is not the shortest day of the year, but the longest night of the year. And yes. what is conception? It's your high priestess, you are in that night. So if you are looking for time to conceive, you've got the most time ever right today, this darkest, mm-hmm. longest night. Oh, this is it. So perfect. I also think that, you know, we talked about the end of this year, the beginning of a new year. I feel like it's like trite at this point to say that 2020 has been a long, hard year and it has, but I think it's really invited so many of us into a conception space. And while that space may in this specific year be full of grief, be full of endings, 
often that is what opens up a place of all possibilities, a place of what's next, that moment in the darkness when you don't quite know, but you're invited into. Yes. We're inviting you into that moment as a place where anything can happen and you can imagine what you want and need from and in the world. And that's what concepts and conception, this course is all about. That's what the conception stage is all, all about making space for. I think, yes, like 2020 is just an invitation to reconceive, right? Yes. For so many, this pause where we get to say, oh, is this what I want? Like, or can I just pause and con- say for a moment, is it time to reconceive? And I think we're doing that collectively. We're mm-hmm. kind of like, we're seeing that it's time to reconceive many, many things. So I think I so many people I've talked to in business have really appreciated some of the qualities of this year. Obviously, there's been a lot of grief and death and pain and stress. But I think from a business standpoint, and, and from a political and social justice standpoint, it is a reconception moment. It is this opportunity. We've stopped the trajectory. Not everybody's just propelled forward all the time. And we can ask ourselves these questions of where am I being called? What wants to come through? What is it time to create? Mm-hmm. What's needed in the world? We didn't so much talk about purpose, but purpose is also a part of conception of, of just connecting with that part of you that knows there is a purpose. Sometimes you do, you don't even get full clarity and conception stage about what your purpose is, but you start to feel it. You start to feel that calling. Mm-hmm. You start to feel that direction of like, I need to steer in this place. I need to steer in this direction. And if you want to answer all those questions and find that direction with us, the bad news is that we just closed the sales cycle for Concepts and Conception. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. (laughs) On Friday. We just closed it. But while we just closed the sales cycle, we do have a few extra spots. So if you are still tuned in at this point to this episode, I have to say, I feel like something about Conception is calling you. If you're still listening, you want it and... We would love to have you with us. So if you want to start 2021 in conception, then go ahead and send us an email. And if we've got room, we'll send you the link to register for the course. I mean, if you are feeling like this is the time in life to conceive, we're here for you. We are those feminist business midwives. Yes. That you've always been looking for. I mean, this is what we do. We do it well and we love to do it. We love to help you bring that business forth. We love to help you get into your pleasure, cultivate your receptivity, find those seeds, get clear on what you want to create, create the space to even imagine Yeah, that's all there. We'd love to have you with us. Um, Shoot us an email if you're excited about Concepts and Conception. We will offer it again later. I'm not sure if it'll be later in 2021 or in 2022, so don't fret. But yeah, it's it's a good time. The beginning of the year, winter. Winter is Mm -hmm. is the conception season. It really is. So school starts January 12th. Our email is hello at sister.is, and that will be linked in the show notes, so you can just click right through. And Jen, I think that's it. I think we get to sign off from our first ever episode now. Oh my gosh. It's the end of our <laughs> beginnings episode. Oh. We made it. Thanks for listening, everyone, too. This is our first time. Mm-hmm. We thought this would be a little 15-minute episode. Of course, it went longer. We have lots to say, but always thank you. Thanks for tuning in. We're excited about this podcast, so we're excited to talk uh, with you, with each other. We're going to bring on some guests and really chew in to feminist entrepreneurship. There's so much to explore. So much to explore. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back probably in the new year. Have a great holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. Yeah. Happy holidays. See you in 2021. Cheers. 
Thanks for listening to Business But Make It Feminist. You can hear more from the Sister team on Instagram and online at sister.is. That's sister.is. 